Teach Them Diligently, Episode 20. Welcome to Teach Them Diligently, where our mission is to provide support and guidance to Bible class teachers to engage in ongoing dialogue focused on student learning and to create a community of lifelong learners diligently seeking to teach like the Master, Jesus Christ. Hey guys, this is Micah Rice with another episode of Teach Them Diligently. Very thankful that you're listening. I'm so excited to to be back with you on another episode. And I'm looking forward to studying with you guys about Jesus, the master teacher. If you haven't seen some of the things we're doing and talking about on social media and some of the things that we've been saying in some of our other podcasts, I'd hope that you do go back and listen to those episodes and then also give us some feedback and check out what we're doing and saying we're trying to build a community of learners, a community of teachers who are seeking to be more like the master. And we want to engage you in that dialogue. We want to hear what you have to say, and I'd love to hear your feedback on some of the things we're doing and the thoughts that we have. So if you get a chance, check those out. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Reach out to us uh, by email, you shall teach them diligently at gmail.com. Check out what we're doing there. In this episode, I want to talk about how Jesus was a master teacher, but he was concerned about the learner. And I don't I know he was concerned about the learner in that he's concerned about the learner's soul. But what I mean by this is he is uh, teaching with a learner-centered focus, a learner focus in the way that he approached teaching and what he said and how he said it. So I want you to think about a question. And I asked this question uh, to one of our social media groups and I had some really good feedback and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. But The question is, can you have teaching without learning? Or is there really teaching going on without learning? Um, There is no teaching without learning. That's my opinion. I I think that without uh, learning and without knowing that a student is learning, you can't really say you taught that learner. Uh, You might have tried. You might have um, taken time and given him some information but I don't know that you really taught him. As a teacher, we have to be careful uh, not to make the lesson or the class or the activity really about us. You know, I can come in on a Wednesday night and I have some great idea and I have studied and I prepared maybe for my lesson and I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes telling you everything that I know about this subject. I can spend the next, uh, you know, 45 minutes talking about Um, what I think this passage means, or I can tell you about all the research I've done on this passage. But if I don't present that in a way that you can learn, and if you don't learn, then have I really taught you anything? And so we have to be careful. Beyond that, we we have to find a way to assess student learning. So it's not just really about, well, they're just going to have to get it or, uh, well, I just hope they can figure it out. Or it has to be really about whether or not I can truly make an assessment of how that student has learned and if they have learned. How will I know if I taught them if I don't know they learned it? If that makes any sense. You know, I can say I spent 45 minutes teaching you, but if I can't prove in some way, if I can't assess you in a way so that I know that you learned something, then how do I really know that I did a good job teaching it? 
Um, and I'll be honest with you, that's that's one reason why I struggle with this podcast. I, I enjoy it. I, I really like doing it. I like preparing for it. I enjoy uh, making my making my outlines and what I prepare to do and how I pl- plan to do it. But really, it's just me talking, and I'm hoping that you're getting something out of it. Um, but I have no way to engage with my learners at this very moment in the way that I'm presenting, and so. I need feedback from you, and that's why I ask for it all the time. Because as uh, as a teacher, I'm constantly wanting feedback from my students. Not because I want them to stroke my ego and tell me about how great I am, or if I'm a really good teacher, or tell me what that lesson was. That a really cool lesson? Yeah, thanks. That's not what it's about. It's really about I need to know if that lesson worked for you. I need to know if the way I presented it to you works for you. If it doesn't, then I need to do a better job. If it's not working, then I need to change my approach. Here's a question for you related to this. Um, think about the last class you taught. Think about the last thing you did and, and how you taught that that group of students, whether it's uh, teaching an adult class or whether it's uh, maybe in, uh, in a different type setting, maybe with some smaller children. But uh, ask the question, what if there were no students in this lesson? Would the class have been the same? And if that's true, then maybe we didn't really do a good job engaging those learners. And if we're not doing a great job engaging those learners, then are we really teaching them? So let's be careful about how we do that and how we approach it. So let's think about Jesus and his learner-focused, his learner-centered approach. Um, Think about... um, some of the things that Jesus did. And we, we talked about some of these things in other episodes, and I encourage you to go back and listen to those because we talk about those more in, in detail. Uh, and we plan to talk about some of these other topics, uh, address these other topics in some later episodes. But just think about this. Okay, so here we are. Jesus met students where they were. when you And, and that was very physically. I mean, he, he met them where they were, but he also knew where they were when he began teaching them. And, and I realize that um, I realize Jesus was the master teacher, is the master teacher, but he's also the son of God and he knows people. He can see what someone's heart is and how they're thinking and what they're doing. And But we can still take his approach. Um, we can't use that as an excuse. Uh, Jesus saw someone and he he had an assessment of where they were. He didn't just spray and pray and hope that somebody picked up something here and somebody picked up something there. And if they didn't, it's their problem. He said, let me see where this person is and how they can grow, where they are in their spiritual journey. And then let me lead them a little further. Uh, Think about where he meets John the Baptist. When it's time for him to begin his ministry and he goes to John the Baptist at the river and he wants to be baptized, he uses that as a teaching moment. And he tells him, I have to do this because it is the fulfillment of the law. I'm here to fulfill all things. And so I was he also explained that he's there to, uh, you know, uh, fulfill prophecy. And so when he goes to John the Baptist, he goes to John where he is. He doesn't just sit back and say, well, you know, I'm going to teach John, but he's got to come to me first. No, he. Jesus says, I'm going to go to the river. I'm going to go where John is. You think about the disciples, especially the way he taught his disciples and where he went to his earliest followers when he sees them at the Sea of Galilee and he goes to them and says, let's put out this boat. Let's go see if we can catch some fish. Lord, we've fished all night. You know, he, he has that approach. But then also after his resurrection, 
where does he go to teach them again? He goes back to the sea. In John 21, he goes there and he he says, hey, friends, uh, have you caught anything? And they say, no. And he said, well, why don't you try your nets on the other side? And then they have that moment, just like when they first met Jesus, and they catch this bun, you know, this abundance of fish. Peter jumps in the water, goes, goes to the seashore where he is, and there's Jesus, and he uses this as a teaching moment. But again, he didn't say, well, I've just got a few more days left here on this earth, and I tell you what, if the disciples would just come to me, I'll teach them something. No, he went to where they were, and he assessed where they, what their knowledge was, where they were, where they were in their walk with him, and and their spiritual journey. And he says, "Now let me take you further." You know, Jesus was very careful about how he used words. Very, very careful about the way he used his time. He wasted no time. He, he never taught as a time filler. It wasn't a matter of, well, I've got to cover this material or I have to talk about this section because I'm supposed to. No, he, he used his time wisely. Look at uh, his discussion that he has with the woman at the well. And, and in that moment, you know, we've talked about this where she, she brings up some prejudicial questions and she, she brings up some issues where he could have easily gotten distracted or she's trying to get him off track. And he comes back to, no, we're, we're going to talk about this. We want to address these things about spiritual worship. And we're also going to talk about how, you know, you're not living as you should. Let's get that back to, uh, let's get back to point. But think about in John 3, when Jesus speaks to Nicodemus and he talks to Jesus, uh, Nicodemus actually comes to Jesus and says, um, okay, let's have a debate about this. We know you're a teacher come from the law. Nobody can teach like you. That's not a question. And it seems like Nicodemus is almost wanting to engage in some type of discussion, maybe a bit of a, bit of a debate, or maybe he wants to correct Jesus. But Jesus brings it back to point. He cuts to the chase and he says, you know, you got to be born again. Well, that just totally threw off Nicodemus. And he says, well, you know, basically, well, now wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. What are you talking? How can a man be born again? Besides, you know, I was born in Abraham's family. I'm a son of Abraham. I'm already in God's family. What are you even talking about? And Jesus is bringing back to the point. No, you need to have a change of heart. You need to uh, have God's spirit within you, not just who the blood that's flowing through your veins, so to speak. So Jesus didn't didn't waste time there. He didn't just go on some dialogue and debate and let's have a discussion and let's talk about this for the sake of talking about it. No, he's going to bring it back to let's talk about where you are spiritually and let's address that. So let's do that in our teaching. Let's let's try that when we're when we're talking. We can't use uh, the 45 minutes of Bible class just to simply fill 45 minutes or to have 45 minutes of babysitting. No, this is a time when we're going to have a spiritual discussion. This is a time when we are going to bring it to a spiritual topic and we're going to be careful in the way we use our words, what we say, and how we address students and how we help them in their spiritual journey. All right, so Jesus also uses uh, an approach of differentiated instruction and you know, that's a buzzword in education that, you know, make sure you have differentiated instruction. And what that means is you don't just have one approach and hope that all learners get it. No, you, you differentiate based on the learner. You try different approaches so that the learner can meet the same goal 
Everyone meets the same goal, but they may use a different strategy. They may use a different approach to reach that goal. So Jesus taught his disciples very differently than the way he taught the Pharisees. When he deals with the Sadducees, he teaches them differently than he deals with um, some of you know the groups of Pharisees. Uh, Jesus also taught Gentiles. I mean, when he when he speaks to uh, Pilate, his discussion there is still on point, but it's very different. It's it's a different approach than the way he dealt with. Uh, his own disciples, and then you know the Jews, Jewish leaders. He approached the Jewish leaders, you know, challenging them. He's, he's challenging their self righteousness. But when he asks his disciples questions, who do you say that I am? He's asking them because you you, you generate you, you get an idea that they lack self confidence. They lack the ability to think on their own, and and he's allowing them to draw their own conclusions. He's allowing them to challenge the thinking of the day. And to think about what God really meant using the law. Uh, so, so Jesus differentiated his instruction. He never changed his topic. I mean, he, he never changed his message. He, he didn't change what he was saying when he taught the Jewish leaders and when he taught the Romans and when he taught his own disciples. But he, had cha- he changed the way he taught them. So when, he, when we apply that to a Bible class teaching, we have to be careful how we teach others. You know, if we if we're teaching a teenage class and we have someone in that class who has uh, so you know, so to speak, raised in the pew, versus someone who is a new Christian or maybe someone who is visiting, or so we're going to approach those two three differently than just simply we're just going to use the same approach and you ought to know this. Why don't you know this? Everybody knows this is book, chapter, and verse here, and this is what this means, and let's just move on. We have to differentiate the way we instruct our students. We have to be careful in how we teach them, what we teach them, and how we approach them. Okay, So so Jesus met students where they were. He never used teaching as a time filler. He differentiated his approach and his instruction. But he also... And I think this is maybe the most important thing about Jesus, and this is maybe the most important thing that we need to take away from Jesus's teaching, or one of the most important things, is that he assessed student learning. Um, as teachers, you know, we, when I when I say assessment, people generally think hey, you're giving them a test, you're talking about a project. What, what do you mean by assessing? Well, something you need to remember is that a good educator, a good teacher engages in what's called formative assessment all the time. Formative assessment is an ongoing, constant feedback for the teacher and the learner. So if I'm a teacher, I'm constantly gaining, uh, I'm, I'm constantly giving my students formative assessment to know, one, whether they're gaining the content, whether they're getting the content of what I'm delivering. Number two, whether they're engaged in the content I'm delivering and whether my teaching is effective. Okay, so walking into a classroom, you know, you walk into a classroom, you immediately have feedback. You're immediately gathering feedback. You can look at a student and know, okay, based on his body language, he is engaged or he's not engaged. Um, You're looking at the student to say, "Mm, they're going to be motivated to participate. Nope, nope, they're shut down. They're not going to participate in what's going on in the class. A really, really good teacher is doing this type of assessment maybe twice a minute 
We're doing this kind of assessment by walking around the room. We're doing this assessment by having our head on a swivel. We're doing this assessment by listening to our students. And so we're, we're looking at um, constant feedback to us about the student and about the learner. Okay, I'm assessing their learning. Do they understand this topic or are we getting to them? Do we Are they engaged in what we're doing and saying? So we can do that by asking questions. We can give quizzes. We, we can engage in some type of discussion. We can give them a practice and then let's see, step back and see how they do. Maybe we use some other type of method, but the idea is to gauge the success of what we're teaching them so that we can understand if they're learning it. So an assessment here, when I say assess student learning. I do not necessarily mean a test or quiz or something you take up and with pass or fail, true, false. No, it's a matter of, okay, constant feedback, whether this student is learning, whether this student is engaged in the discussion, engaged in the lesson. So you think about Jesus and, and think about in his final days and when he's talking with his disciples in the upper room and as he's implementing and he's uh, as he's um, instituting the Lord's Supper and as he's talking with them, Picture that room and think about how he's teaching them. He's constantly getting feedback from them. He's constantly hearing what they have to say. He's constantly listening to what their discussions are. Um, Jesus is assessing whether or not he, you know, whether or not they have learned from him. He's assessing whether or not uh, they're ready. He's he's talking to them and think about the the prayer that he offers. Uh, in John, when he, he, you know, he pray for them, I pray that they have unity. I pray, you know, you almost feel that he is sensing this, that, okay, Lord, they are struggling. They are having problems here. And I pray that in the future they have unity. And he is very uh, aware of how his students are learning, how his students are engaged. And so, uh, he continued to instruct them. He, he continued to give them opportunities to be evaluated. Uh, look at the way he he led Peter. When Peter, it's another example, but you know Peter comes to him and says, "You know, Lord, uh, John over here." He didn't really say this, but he makes a point about how many times do I need to forgive somebody? Seventy times? Seven? You think that's a lot? And Jesus said. Well, let's think about that. Maybe it's 70 times seven. You know, Peter had said seven times. And he said, well, how about 70 times? Seven? What do you think about that, Peter? You think that's a good idea? Let me tell you a story. And so he's assessed Peter here. He's listened to what he's had to say. Now he's going to tell him a story and then kind of lead Peter down this line of questioning to help Peter understand and understand what Jesus is trying to teach him about forgiveness. So as teachers, we are constantly gathering feedback we are differentiating our approach to those learners, and we're deciding whether or not that approach is good by getting that constant assessment. We're not using our time just to fill time. We're, we're not using our teaching just to fill time. It's not something that we do just simply as babysitting, and it's not something we do just on Sundays and Wednesdays just so we know we had them in Bible class and they can get a cool craft. That's not what it's about. It's about knowing whether or not we're helping them learn more about Jesus. Let's meet the students where they are. Let's keep them engaged and let's think about how we are, we can assess ourselves, but we can also assess whether that learning is taking place. I go back to my argument at the beginning. I'd love to hear your feedback on it, but I, I go back to what I stated and that 
there's no teaching if there's no learning. And so let's be careful about what we're doing this week. Let's be careful about engaging our students. Let's get out there and continue to teach them diligently. Thanks for listening.